besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. So it's a special night on the Sporting Capital. We're going to go back down memory lane with players who have had big impacts uh, and had incredible experiences during this week, preliminary finals week. It's the fans week uh, of finals, preliminary finals week, and often some of the greatest games that we see in the season. And in this season, that has been one of the best we've ever had, if not the best, then that will be a very tall order. Uh, one man who played in five preliminary finals, uh, won two premierships with the Geelong Footy Club in 189 games. Uh, Matty Stokes is going to start us off as we focus in on the Cats first Friday night against the Lions. Stokesy, hello, mate. Hey, mate, how are you going? I'm very Thanks well, very well. So, preliminary final weekend, just to say that to you, what what does it stir up in you? Ah, look, it's obviously a very exciting, very exciting time um, for players, but I think in the free, uh, free community in general. Uh, but with the prelim final, it's bloody nervous. It's a nervous week. Uh, you're a nervous wreck because you don't know whether to start planning for the week after in a sense of the grand final. And, you know, getting family members are wanting tickets for grand finals. You've got people from interstate wanting to come across, and you're like, I need to sort of sort this business out first from the prelim finals. So it's a it is a crazy week, uh, but um, at all, in all, it's a it's a very exciting week to to head into. Did you find that you were more nervous ahead of a prelim than you were a granny? Um, look, I'm, I was I was lucky enough. I was never the type of person who got really too nervous. Um, but I think the anticipation of, of and especially with us, we, we played majority of our prelims, I reckon, on Friday night. So, you know, obviously all the eyeballs of the footy community and, and, and Australia, in a sense, was, was on you. Um, so there is that element of that part. Um, but also, too, you just don't know with the week after. And, you know, there's still a lot to um, to get through. With, with grand final week, you sort of know that's coming to an end and that's the final week of your, of your training. You, you can start to plan for the week after and, and start to... Um, you know, figure out what you're doing in the off season. Um, so it is a bit of a different week, but um, you know, regardless of how many games you played or how many years you've been around, all the boys going into this week, all four teams will be uh, be nervous as hell. All right, let's do a little bit of memory lane and see how good your recollection is of some of these prelims. So before you gave Port Adelaide the most almighty of touch ups to the tune of 119 points in the 07 granny. You had a five-point win against Collingwood in the prelim to make it. It was an out-and-out thriller. You, my friend, I'm yep. going to say with a difference. You kicked three, and you had a five-point win. What do you remember from that day? Well, you put the put the um, goals together, and we lo- uh, and we won by five. Uh, obviously, I was a difference. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, now, I, I, what I remember is I got three goals in the first 20 minutes and then get a touch in the rest of the game. Um, Marty Clark <laughs> came on me and, and really gave me a bit of a towering. Um, what I remember of that is um, Joel Corey Smother on Chris Bryant. Um, I think there was maybe three or four minutes to go um, and Chris was running into an open goal, I think on a 45-degree angle. And Smitty, Joel Corey's chased him down for about 20 metres, put a smother on and um, for me, I think that was the moment that sort of won us that game and, and those efforts, uh, uh, you know, a what wins you final footy? Do you remember the tension in the final, those final few minutes? I remember Heath Shaw at one stage. I understand that you have him on soon, going off his trolley, and I, I had to ask him, "Are you going off at me or your teammates?" Um, he, um, he spoke so quick, 
um, with, and with such aggression, with, but with a smile. I didn't, yeah, there, there was a, that part of it. Um, but the emotion of it, because Collingwood, um, you know, obviously their support base is huge. So that final, you know, 20 minutes was incredible because of the, the noise that the crowd was making. And um, I think there were some really big moments in that last quarter. I think um, Scarlo beat a couple of guys on his, on his own, beat Anthony Rocker a couple of times on one-on-one contest. So I think there's parts of the, the game that you remember, and I think that those moments are the ones that um, eventually get you across the line. All right, 2008, you beat the Dogs by 29 points uh, before you went on to lose the, the granny to the Hawks. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, tw- well, we have to tell the whole story, Stokesy. Uh, 29-point yeah, pe- win. Did it ever feel uncomfortable, or did you just feel like that you guys, you're at the top of your game, really, that, that you were the best team at the home and away that year. Um, you kicked a goal in that prelim. Did you ever feel threatened in that game by the Dogs, or did it feel like it was in hand for most of it? Nah, I think I think we pretty much felt in in, in control of that game. Um, I, uh, I I went into that game with an injury, um, managed to kick a goal, but I was pretty pretty useless to be honest. Apart from that, um, yeah, I, I think that that year I think was our best year um, without getting the chocolate, you know, when it mattered the most. Um, so all credit to Hawthorne. But yeah, that that was an interesting year, two thousand eight. I mean, I don't think I don't think there would be a team that would be able to get close to that. I mean, that team was bloody powerful and it was a, an exciting team to play with. Um, and just happened to fall over at that one time um, that mattered the most. So, um, yeah, I never felt out of control, never felt like we were losing control of that game at all, and um, I, and I felt the whole year we were in control, apart from maybe a you know, a 20-minute spurt from Hawthorne in the grand final and, and mainly because of Stewie Jew and, and Cyril Rioli. So those two, um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that third quarter. Um, I've got to ask you about that because Luke Hodge was asked about uh, this recently. It's, I think it's one of the most incredible moments in the early stage of the grand final was when you went after Hodgie. The talk had been about his ribs. He puts his arms up and says, give it your best. You do. And from what Hodgie says, you didn't get the right rib. You got the you got the protection that he had. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Now, <laughs> I remember going into that game. I was uh, I was injured, and I, I, I shouldn't have been playing. And I remember Bomber just going, like, you've got to test these ribs out. I don't care if you get reported and, and suspended. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to do it. And I started giving Hodgie a bit of bit of a crack in the first couple of seconds before him, like before even the bounce. And, and, and then and I looked at Moons when he lifted his arms up, and I just looked at him and said, what the is this bloke doing? And I've just gone hammer and tongs, and he did not even flinch. So that makes a lot of sense that I missed the pay. So obviously shows you the homework I did, but um, it shows you what kind of a competitor, what kind of a, um, what kind of a, a player Hodgie was. Like he, like, I, and I couldn't have missed too many places. I was, I was hitting all over the place for the first ten minutes, and um, not once did he flinch, um, flinch at all. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a funny memory, but it's not a great memory in hindsight. It, it informed a decision that you made in the next year when you didn't play in the prelim against the Pies that, that, that Geelong won by 73 points, but you ruled yourself out um, because you didn't want to, you felt like you'd let the team down the year before, so you ruled yourself out. How tough was it watching 2009 prelim and granny, Stokesy? I wasn't, I mean, I, I get asked a lot about pulling out and, and, um, and the sort of nerves of that, I think, for me. Uh, it was never like it was never hard to watch. Even the grand final, we you know we we went on the next week to play St Kilda and, and the boys played amazing. We were able to rectify that 2008. So it was never like a, a disappointment in such because I just knew my body wasn't able to play that level. Um, 
it, watching that prelim final was really nerve-wracking, but I was so proud to watch Burnsy and, and Travi Barker at the time just play their role. And I, I knew the consequences um, full well going into that and the decision we made. Um, and I, I knew if we got to the granny, there wasn't going to be a spot um, coming back in. Um, so it wasn't really, you know, and, I, and, and I'll be the first person to admit, uh, my body was nowhere near to be in the position to get through a mm. prelim final, let alone the grudge match that happened the week after against St. Kilda. That was just a, a ferocious game. So I would never have lasted. So, you know, to sit back, watch the group, be able to rectify 08, um, but also to see Bernsey and, and Shabby Varko have really key moments in the grand final and the prelim final made me really proud of our group in a lot of ways. And there was never a, um, a, a part of me that was like, I'm missing out or anything like that because I, I just felt like I let the group down the year before and, and I wanted to be able to um, look at myself in the mirror and, 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 and was staying true to, to the team focus, but also to myself as well. So there was no, uh, it wasn't definitely, it was hard, but it wasn't um, something to look back with any kind of regret. Well, you won a lot of praise and, and a lot of respect um, in and around your own club, and they pointed to that often in the build-up and then after, and then from the footy circles um, as well, and, and I think rightly so. Um, 2010, you're back out there. Uh, you kicked 2-2 from 17 disposals, uh, but the Pies just got their revenge on you in 2010 as they went on to, to win that uh, flag that they've been searching for since 1990. Um, that would have. Yep. Did you ever feel like you guys were in that game, or did, were Collingwood just always too going to be too good? Nah, we were never in that game. I mean, they. I, I remember watching the. I remember playing the first quarter, and and every bounce went their way, every decision went their way, and it, that wasn't just based on we didn't lose it because of that, but they just had everything going for them. They outworked us, they outplayed us, um, and. You know, maybe it was a bit of a tired group um, at that stage after being up for so long. But um, I just remember just hearing the Collingwood, you know, Collingwood for pretty much three quarters. And it was actually a pain in the, you know, what to listen to for three quarters, um, knowing that we weren't in the contest. So it was disappointing. But, um, you know, I think we learned a lot from that rebounding. And I hope we go into the year after because I think um, a lot of us were able to regroup. put our energies into certain different parts of the game. Scotty came in and, and we were able to then um, change that narrative the year after. So continue. To the, yeah. On to the next. So you, you finally get to, to hold up the silverware again. 2011, Matty Stokes. West Coast 41 points, didn't really offer up anything in terms of resistance. And a 38-point win against the Pies. You kicked 1-1 in the prelim, 21 disposals. You were one of Geelong's better players. And then 1-2 in the granny from, from 13. It, you, you, that was another year where Geelong just looked like they weren't going to be denied. Uh, and I think, um, yeah, it was a bit of a different year, 2011. Obviously, with the conversation with uh, Gaz leaving and then ov- and obviously um, Scotty coming in, um, you know, the conversations and, and the, the commentary around, you know, anyone could have coached that group. Definitely couldn't have. I mean, we were a bunch of um, uh, very confident, yeah. um, Hardened, very particular yeah. in our way. Um, so for Scotty to be able to come in and just sort of change a few things and give a different... Um, set of eyeballs on, on our game plan and, and, the, and the change a few things just gave that group enough to be able to be, I guess, re-energised to, to have another crack. And I think, I, I personally think Collingwood was very similar to us in 08, where we were probably the best team in the, the year and then we just hit that hurdle. And I think Collingwood showed throughout that year they were probably the best team. But in that one particular game, we were able to sort of be able to just 
hit those bigger moments and win them uh, and the 50-50s. And we were able to come away with a pretty convincing win at the end, but it was a pretty tight game um, until, you know, halfway through the third quarter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, West Coast, we sort of flew through that. Um, obviously, the a lot of the story was about Stevie Johnson, and I, I particularly think that Stevie made up the injury um, just to get a little <laughs> bit more um, headlines for himself. Yep. Um, that that seems that right. That seems game. about right. <laughs> Well, that's what Stevie would do. He'd like to make it about, um, you know, him and, um, no, in all seriousness, he, the whole conversation um, around that grand final was Willie and Woney and, you know, I didn't give him a chance. So for him to get himself up, you know, there's no better or no stronger-minded person than uh, Stevie mm. J. So uh, we shouldn't ever doubt him. But, um, yeah, that was a pretty special grand final. I think it was a way to close off a few groups, you know, that, that group of players that come through. I think Lingy... Um, and Otto finished up after. I think Scarlo finished the year after. So it was there was a part of us that was sort of sort of finishing up or coming to the end. And um, you know the next group was was slowly coming through. Um, I think Chris Scott doesn't get enough praise. When it's almost like when you buy real estate, you'd be looking at a house and it's just been it, this house was built and no expense spared on it. It had everything you needed. Um, it might have been up for a couple of years, but it was still absolutely mint. And and the and the description on the real estate it moves straight in. Don't need to lift a finger. The temptation for any new coach would have been to come in and lift a finger. To to oh, well, I'll put my own kitchen in. I'll, I'll do my own bathroom. I'll do all that. But he realised what he had. I think Chris Scott, and then and and, and didn't really try to change too much. That that takes I think a, a level of intelligence, smarts, awareness, and I don't know if he gets enough credit for that. People believe that he was handed a premiership, but for any coach just trying to start their career, you want to make a statement early. But from what it sounds like, he just said, Let, "We're going to keep going as we are," and he just held the the steering wheel. Would that be fair? Yeah, I reckon that's pretty fair assumption to be honest. I mean, that group of players. I mean, Stevie J, Chappie, um, you know, Joel Corey. Uh, who else was still around? James Kelly. We had Jimmy Bartell, you know, myself, uh, Scarlo, Corian. We had a guys who were pretty set in their ways in the sense of, I know what works for me as an individual and this is what we're going to continue to do. The whole talk was Kenny Hinckley was going to come through and we all loved Kenny. I mean, I loved him as a coach. I, I, as a human being, I don't think there is no better or, or more fun person to have around a football club um, than Kenny Hinckley. Um, so we were all pretty comfortable with that decision. We were like, yep, this is going to be great. He'll come in. He already knows the system and how we all operate as individuals. So we would be able to then sort of go through. I mean, I was on the way to um, the States with Burnsy, and I think there was about six or seven of us, Tom Hawkins, Joel Selwood. I landed the, we landed the plane in, in LA, and we got the message that Chris got, got the job. And we were like, what the hell is going on here? And we all knew... Uh, from you know him as a player, how ruthless he was, and 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 the, the the hard edge that he played with. And I remember just going straight with Burnsy. We went straight to the sports store, got a pair of runners, and we're like, we're not rocking up preseason un, um, unfit because we, we don't want to get our heads um, uh, ripped off. So we pretty much went the whole whole uh, trip in the, in America was training hard because we had that. And I think the comfortability that would have came with Kenny in that that group. Um, I don't think would have been as successful as with the new coach, um, new ideas, new eyeballs, um, new thought uh, on the game plan um, than you know how Scotty took over. So um, it worked out for the for the best for everyone. Yeah, Kenny obviously got his um, opportunity, but um, yeah, I don't think he gets enough credit because that group was as stubborn as they come, um, and um, for him to be able to share that ship that was already sort of driving at 100 k's an hour, it, it's not it was it wouldn't have been an easy task. And then obviously the exit of a lot of those players coming through. 
as well would have been a really difficult time as well for him and the club. But um, you know, in all in all, we that the group, the club, and and Chris handle it as best they could. Got to ask you about 2013 because we spoke about 2008 and, and Hawthorne didn't beat you um, until that prelim in 2013 and Sean Bergwijn with two clutch plays in it, including the go-ahead goal. Um, the one he set up before that, though, probably goes under the radar a little bit because of the airplane celebration uh, when he kicked the sealer. Um, yep. What are your recollections? Oh, I remember Sean kicking that, win- that winner and he ran straight past me and he just looked at me and I think he could see... Um, uh, the look in my eye. I mean, we we went into that prelim. I'm not 100% positive here, but I think Chappie didn't play, or Stevie J didn't play. Um, the suspension the week before, um, or and we were up by I think 20 points at three quarter time. But we, I think we were breaking down. I think we, our group was um, the, the 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 team that we had out there. I think we had a few injuries that were coming out of that game. So that's no, that's not um, giving Hawthorne credit. But our our position in that game at three-quarter time at 20 points up. But I felt confident but, I, com, confident, but I actually knew what we were sort of going through internally. And I think, um, you know, we, we were outplayed by, in the last quarter by a better team and a more hungry team, to be honest. Um, but um, I was really proud of that group, to be honest. We were able to play some good footy that year. We got back to the you know, part where a lot of people were probably predicting that we wouldn't get to. And, and also to have a group, we kind of had belief in, our, in ourselves. But... Um, I think I don't. I don't always think you have to win it to be proud of the group. You know, yes, there was a an opportunity missed, um, and I, you know, it doesn't sit easy with me knowing that we had a twenty point lead at three quarter time and then we're losing. But I think as as a group, we're quite. Um, I was quite proud of what we were able to achieve that year, um, considering uh, we had a lot of personnel changes. We, um, you know, we're flipping the list. Uh, we're getting older um, and definitely slower. Um, and um, to be able to get back to that. Um, position was um, a credit to the group and also to the club. Been great going down memory lane with this, Stokesy. Just the final one. How did Geelong make sure that they get into another grand final? Um, their first uh, since a couple of years ago in Brizzy in uh, 2020 against the Tigers. How do they make sure they beat the Lions? I think we, we, we put them away really early. I mean, they're going to be up and about, obviously, with the self-belief they have coming out of last week's game. And I think they played really great footy. Um, one of the biggest challenges will be tr- will trying to stop Charlie Cameron. I think Beauty will probably get first crack at, but our defence mechanism behind the ball um, will give us a good stead to to be able to help as a team defend Charlie. Um, I, I personally just think nothing changes. I mean, footy final final footy is always about moments and making sure that you you win more than than the opposition, and more than likely you're going to come out with the win. So. If we can just play the way that we've played the style and, and don't go away from what's worked, and that's being able to make sure that we have a number of players go through the midfield, including Tommy Atkins and, and these players to play a bit of a rest and a bit of a chop out so they're more fresh for more times of the game. I don't think we have too much to be concerned about, but it is prelim final. Uh, Brisbane are a bloody good team um, and they've got nothing to lose. And, you know, we, I think as a group, we should be very confident. I'm very confident as a, as a supporter and as an ex player. Um, but now it's just down to the players how to go out there and, and, and do that. And if they can, um, like you said, into another grand final and being able to create their own bit of legacy, like we've spoken about with us as a, as a past player, as being able to, to get that ultimate success. I mean, this group, I think nothing's ever given to you in footy. You've got to earn it. And I think this group has deserved another opportunity to be able to get that. So fingers crossed, um, you know, come tomorrow night, we, um, we get one, one more chance to have a crack at that legacy piece. Been great catching up with you, mate. Thanks so much for for being on with us. Nah, thanks very much, mate. Go Cats.
When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.